0: and welcome everybody this is bmp weekly episode 180 uh, we're closing 200 pretty fast when it's being at some point um sip uh, so we get the 200 episode uh, recorded because we promised that he will be the host on that one it is 26th of september i'm back from orlando uh, which is beautiful it's, it was actually a really really cool conference uh, having close to 4,000 people actually joining and and catching up on after two and a half years of whatever, or two years of our of break. That was really, really cool. Power Platform Conference in Orlando last week. Uh, and Waldeck, you're back from Hackathon. You're now catching up yes. on things as well, so. Exactly, I was hackathon. away from work.
1: I yep. was still in my room. I was away from work doing different work, <laughs> uh, but it was really cool, right? So like, I, me and you others got to, um, together to hack, to busy, uh, code the whole week, which is yep. really cool, right? So we went all the way from an idea on paper to something that actually works. We had a chance to show it to a, a few folks and they were excited. So we really hope that we will be able to get it to a point where we can share it with everyone so that everyone yep. can benefit from
0: the idea that we had. So fingers crossed, we will get to that point. I think the having these hacks is, is actually really, really great because uh, as we talked actually with uh, Sherek, uh, we'll introduce our, uh, our visitor in a second. But as we talked with him, there are features, for example, one of the most successful Power Platform application apparently originally comes from a hackathon project, uh, which is really, really cool. So of course, evolved a lot from there with all of the the, the Administrative things and governance in place, but it, but original idea is from a hackathon, and that's actually really great. So having the one week and a small theme to do something and then do a proof of concept, and then oh, we should probably fund this a bit more and bit more and bit more. Now it's actually making money, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so who knows, right? Who knows? Uh, yes, you'll be multi billionaire pretty soon. As. <laughs> No, (laughs)
1: no. I don't have a delusion, no. (laughs) (laughs) However, I mean, and it's like the money, yes, like it has value, you know, it's a meaningful thing to have and we're spoiled to the point where, you know, we don't need to worry about it. But just the idea to be able to create something from nothing and get that to be shipped as a Microsoft
0: thing, that's that's really cool already by itself. Yep, that is really cool. Absolutely, absolutely. Cool. Anyway, um, let's do a quick intro on the on the visitor, which we have, who is an independent consultant uh, from UK, Chirac Patel. Uh, so, And we'll have a nice, because we already had the recording, so we'll have a nice discussion related on uh, his career path, being an MVP, uh, running an independent consulting, uh, and doing a lot of migrations, and for example, discussions, is there still business in migrations or not? So let's actually jump on that interview, and we'll come back on the articles right after that excellent so welcome sirak on the show good to have you on the bmp weekly um episode 180 we'll get you back sooner than what 360 for sure um see we <laughs> promised that already when we start but anyway <laughs> so promises promises uh, promises promises we can see actually mvp uh standpoint back we can see mcd uh on the background as well can you talk about Shirok, who are you what do you do for a living
2: yeah, absolutely. Look, first of all, you know, thanks for inviting me and great to be here. Uh been your followers for many years. Um, and you know, it's it's a pleasure to be here. So yeah, I'm Churak Patel. I work with Patel Consulting as an independent uh contractor for the last uh, eight odd years. And uh, generally, you know, specialising in all things around collaboration, document management, uh, various productivity services, covering all the good, you know, uh, platform services around Teams, SharePoint, and Power Platform. Um, so generally, uh, kind of, you know, work with uh, for the last five years, especially um, I've been working with the renewable energy organisations. Because that's obviously another industry that's just growing at an astonishing rate. So I've been fortunate enough to work on a project as a lead architect uh to, to do the you know both uh rolling out the services and at the same time uh divesting the organization. So that was a huge migration. So yeah, my specialty generally comes from uh from migrations as well as enhancing the existing investments to to promote various business values. Um but yeah, 20 years—it's it's a long time. You know, I've been here, and uh, I kind of originally, for those who might be just briefly kind of, you know, uh, sneaky interest, uh, I started off as a SQL DBA. Oh. Um In those days, back in what 2002, which is when I pretty much started, I actually took out uh, a loan of 8,000 pounds. In those days, gave up my full-time work, uh, and really committed to become a uh, a solution developer. You know, MCSD. I think in those days. Yep. Um, so, you know, VB6, SQL Server 7, uh, and then I just specialize in database uh, administration. So uh, that's pretty much where I started from. Uh, but yeah, I was fortunate to work with this huge organization called uh, Salvation Army. Um, and so I was there for 10 years. And uh, boy, that was a ride because <laughs> not only managing production databases, but obviously SharePoint Team Services uh, around uh, 2003 or 4. Yep. Came into my kind of lap, and uh, obviously my boss goes, you know, you're a SQL DBA, so hey, you know, SharePoint's the thing, and almost the same simple. thing, isn't it? So, <laughs> and you're like, like, none of
1: these databases makes sense. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Instead of instead of working with tables, you work with team sites. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah. You're like, is this keys? Who thought and, of that?
0: And then you have a look on the SQL database, the database structure, and you're like, what?
2: on earth. Yeah. All what do data you mean I can query this? What do you mean I, I cannot query this? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it was really, you know, kind of fun ride, and I think, uh, because obviously being an admin and, you know, overlapping with a couple of job roles there. Um, and to be honest with you, a lot of it comes from a self-learning, right? I think a lot of us in the community—it's all about that, you know. You kind of read up, try, you know, try out things that other people have tried. So, yeah, definitely long hours from from my part to be able to learn about the product, product services, and then obviously, I was uh, also fortunate to be part of the the adopter team for Content Management Server 2002 in those days, right? So, Dalvashvili yep. on the role for huge public website. So again. A lot of learning curves there. Long story short, came to a point about you know ten years in the in the in the role where I just thought I can't do DBA, can't do SharePoint admin, uh, and SharePoint obviously has been growing from 2007 onwards uh, hugely. So I decided to kind of quit uh, the role uh, before the ten year marker hit. So nine and a half years, I just said, well, I'm out of
1: here. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to reinvent myself.
2: Well, do you know what? That's exactly what happened that time. because then it was a choice for me, you know, about something like 40 or something, thinking, what do I do? Here I am, you know, kind of before the midlife crisis hits and all that stuff. So I thought, look, you know, I love love my technical knowledge. I've got experience, uh, constantly learning, and I even did a degree for business systems and analysis and design. So that was my third degree at the age of 35, part time for three years. And that's pretty much when I decided I want to go into consultancy. So, again, you know, I just worked with a small consultancy and the large likes sort of Amonad and, and Exchanger and others. So kind of did that for two years and, and working with various clients. So, you know, that was pretty good. But, again, you know, no day is different to what you have with every consultancy day. So True.
0: that's
2: kind of, you know consultancy career kind of got invented for me personally in terms of doing all the good things. And then 2015 or thereabouts came about thinking, you know, uh, even from Microsoft point of view when Satya came in, you know, Microsoft trying to reinvent and, you know, all these things I thought, well, do I stick on SharePoint or do I go and do something else altogether, but still stick to consultancy? Uh, Kind of just, you know, made the bold move. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to stay where I am. But I'll just morph into Office 365. So that's when I had my first project to to migrate essentially from SharePoint 2003 to a, a BPOS, and before it kind of became Office 365. So since then, it's just like you know, constantly on the go with all the you know changing of mindset of how all these features platforms are rolling out, and then. Uh, well, you know the story, right? So it's kind of constantly on the go. Don't <laughs> get the hands on the ball, right? Just keep at it. And, uh, and really, you know, that comes about with through speaking as well, because uh, I've been speaking for about, I think, 10 odd years now. Um, and that's where most of my learning comes, just to really even connect to all the good speakers we have. And, you know, we've got them some old-time speakers Uh, You probably know who they are. You know, as I call them, usual suspects. You know, (laughs) (laughs) some some of them them are in
0: Germany this week, so I guess so.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, do you know what this is the thing? So I owe it to the community greatly. Uh, You know, books are there for sure. Certification courses are there, but nothing like what I've learned from the community, and that's what I try and give back through through various ways. You know, and so one of the things I do is I organize and uh, and run M365 UK. Uh, so it's an online user group and really kind of just hit that because of the pandemic. And I just felt there was nothing happening uh, a lot in the UK. So on a monthly basis, kind of just, you know, gave my bandwidth away really to to do all that. And that's been really super good. So yeah, it's variety is the spice of life. It's pretty much uh, what I've been doing, I would say.
0: Yeah. I guess it's a kind of a typical growth pattern for a how would I say X SharePoint specialist, then to grow to be Microsoft 365 generalist. Is that a good way of saying that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Because I never deep dive into. I mean, Teams is obviously what I love and and what I do and every day. And and yeah, that's another story in terms of where that's gone from the last four years or so. Uh, but yeah, in in my role, certainly, I've got to keep the breath as much as I could. But still be able to deep dive and have those conversations, you know, with the customers and and other partners that I work with, to at least be able to uh, kind of guide them in their journeys. But definitely te- technically hands-on, um, you know, IT pro pretty much is where I do. I, again, don't write a, a developer code, but I think you know PnP PowerShell has been the savior, right? <laughs> the that, that's Yeah.
0: Knowing <laughs> the usage curve of that, yes, it's a saver for a lot of people. It's just absolutely insane how widely that's being used. So, <laughs> uh, the one thing I wanted to ask you about, right, because you mentioned being an architect and being an
1: architect on Microsoft, <laughs> Microsoft 365, or you could even say Microsoft Cloud, right? Because 365 often includes things on Azure, being yep. serverless, ADN. identity, yep. Power Platform, and all of that. How do you stay on top of everything you know that's new available? To customers, because like in the past, you know, like you would read a book and you would know everything about everything, and for three years, you would be good and you would be able to, you know, uh, form opinions, good practices, bad practices, the do's and the don'ts. Whereas here, every week there is a release, every month there is something new. Every day, you wake up, it's like, huh, I didn't know Where's about that. Hey, how do you, yeah, where did the button go now? How do so... you, how, how do you give that? place in your work and the way you uh form advice to customers
2: you know great question right and and there is no real secret around it other than i think it's probably down to my work patterns uh i'm, I'm the one of those guys like many of you i'm sure uh five o'clock in the morning is the time i get on right <laughs> to to try and do some of the learning so most of my learning comes in, in that early hours but you know what i think in order to at least even subscribe to you know various sources of info and and everything that you have and i would probably say twitter is probably the biggest gem for this now when i say twitter depending on how you use it right so You know, a lot of the time I've subscribed to all the sources, uh, you know, all the Microsoft blogs, uh, as well as some third parties. So there's a constant feed going on there. Uh, And yes, for sure, you know, there is RSS feeds that you know you probably use your favorite tooling. So for me, there is a pattern of going through some of the daily ones as well as on a weekly basis. Um, And that's where a lot of that updates come in. I mean, you know, we do have the message center as well as, you know, all the uh, the conference announcements and, uh, you know, with Ignite just coming around the corner. So it's it's kind of almost just working out, you know, because I tend to attend all these conferences, give up my time, um, never try and do multitask by attending the conference. And to me, that's one of the things that, don't try and multitask with a lot of these events and, and the, the time that you reserve to read all your materials. So that's kind of where it comes from. And then a lot of it is uh, kind of I use um, the fab acronym, which you know everything's a feature and platform. But what does that mean? You know, how does that? Why should somebody even care about that? Uh, so it's obviously in you know fab, which I use a uh, feature. What is the advantages and and what's the benefit of of that feature? So for me. Is working the other way around to try and say well okay this thing has come in why should it matter yep. talking to customers in that language you know advantages and benefits of that particular way really helps because then i talk about feature afterwards so simple principles just like along those lines which i tend to cover off and try and retain <laughs> that as well <laughs> i have to
0: say that's actually a cute way of approaching uh, the new features from a consulting perspective especially talk about the new. Benefits which are available for customers, rather than hey, here's an API, which is like, cool. There's an API, so what? why? So yeah, exactly. oh. <laughs> but that's that's a, for sure a, a kind of a classic consulting good practice uh, for sure. Uh, being an ex-consultant, recovering consultant still, so I, I I probably can never shake it away. So from the past. <laughs> Um, I saw even some familiar uh, company names from your LinkedIn profile, which I used to work for years as well. So it's it's actually, there's a connection. So well, it's a small world. So
2: well, anyway. I think you you yep. probably know, sorry, just to interrupt there. I think you yep. probably know when, I think we were both at Shell, for example, I think, you know, in those back in 2012, right, I think it was thereabouts where common customer uh, conversations was, I have all my full trust code solutions, and now what? You want me to take all that into cloud, which is not, was not supported,
0: so yep. that, those kind of things. Well, that ties in nicely as a donkey, donkey preach, like we say in Dutch, uh, to the segue. Uh, and finish. And finish. Uh, to the migration storyline. You, you talked that uh, you're doing a lot of migrations and migration work. What, what does that mean in practice? So what, what, how does the work look like and what kind of migrations are those?
2: Sure. So you know a lot of the uh, the migrations that I've been either as a as a very small team, who's pretty much you know myself just doing all kinds of roles. There's the there's the architecture, but you know what does that that land that are we going to land on? What that looks like, and what that transformation looks like. And in a lot of the cases, uh, the the transformation wise, you know they want to be able to not just lift and shift, right? They want to be able to try and make magic because that's where the value is. Um, given the time frame, which they don't want to move around, you have to make that call and advise the project accordingly. So that tends to be always a challenging part in terms of what that new world will look like when you migrate SharePoint content, uh, which is majority of the times uh, the work that I do. But then you get in, you know, the, especially the last couple of years, which I've been doing with the uh, with through the divestment, that's where the teams, uh, even you know planner and you know, exchange, all the other workloads have come in because essentially just emptying out the whole M365, uh, including power platform. So those kind of things begs a different question because even though it's a migration from A to B, and not just technically the artifacts, but also having the right resource power to be able to manage that because more often than not, the training element it's always left to the end. So very first recommendation always say, go to the training, get to know the product, not in in its entirety, but at least understand some of the basics from that. So that tends to happen a lot early days of the migration and then come back to the migration and being able to work and follow those teams. So, you know, Again, you know, the tools are there, uh, you know, popular tools, ShareGate, you know, have point and, and, you know, others, Quest and all that. And, and, and again, that tends to be the exercise, you know, why should I use some of those tools? You know, why can't I just do these things myself? I've got all those native tools built in in M365, free. That's a shift there. But in reality, a lot of the projects, this is my personal view, I think it's more about they want to just get the job done <laughs> as quickly as possible. <laughs> kind of, you know, Right. Just, you know, do that, which is good, you know, because time is money, right? So, Sure. Um, um, how do you, interesting yeah. point, right? Because, because I, I, so, <laughs>
1: when, you, when you think about migration, right, like, one of the probably key parts is adoption. You used to do something one way, we're going to do it a different way. How do you see that? Like, because, as you said, it's a lot, and, like, the first part is to learn about the new product you're going to use, but then you kind of have the, the pitfall of, trying to learn everything about everything and then you it feels like you get this very steep learning curve before you even start doing anything. So how do you balance it out and what tips do you have for the customers with whom you work when it comes to adoption of services in the cloud that are continuously
0: evolving? Because I, I have to just before you answer because the divergence between the on-premises and cloud is growing all, all the time because the, the on-premises obviously isn't evolving that much or maybe a bit, 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 bit because there's a subscription edition for SharePoint Online if somebody's upgrading, but cloud is going full in yeah. and a lot of yeah. innovations coming in on there. It's it's an interesting challenge for sure.
2: Interesting, I think it's also exciting, right? And I think, uh, you know, in terms of just to, to answer those along those lines, typically, uh, I mean, yeah, from a from a user level point of view, so if I was to split the organization into various groups, so you got your your leadership, uh, you know, the, the leadership the program management sort of thing, the management area. And then you got your rest of the uh the users, you know, who are kind of operations doing their day-to-day tasks. Uh one of the first things and and believe it or not, I mean this tends to work and there's no again, there's no real magic bullet for for that adoption because Treated it or not, it's, it's a journey, right? It's there is no end in sight at all. Uh, and but usually, what it is is the competitiveness because you know for sure M365 is there, and like you say, constantly innovation is being rolled out, and and the value for it, for what you're paying. So for me, it's about you know look, if you don't use these areas of technologies. You're going to be outperformed, right? Competitively, because your competitors are already using it, making a you know kind of really good value out of that. So that's one of the things to really kick in and at least embed in their kind of the, the the culture side of things to say that you're not just here for day, you know, a year or whatever you. Um, but also at the same time, because the workforce is changing constantly, so how do you keep up with those adoption uh, journeys around that? And again, it starts from those high-level use cases. You know, why do I use SharePoint? Why do I use Teams? Uh, yes, collaboration, the magic word, is always always there. We used to be able to collaborate 20 years ago, right? Yep. <laughs> All right, right, right. Uh, right. Well,
1: right. that is an interesting point, right? So how do you see, has the past two, two and a half years, change the way you approach adoption and the way customers with whom you work look at adoption?
2: Very good. Very challenging. So, look, I think, you know, in terms of a a lot of the time, the viewpoint from customers adoption is like a project itself, right? Um, In a sense that, you know, the mixing up of training versus support. Now, you know that's obviously you know again I've been lucky enough to to be part of the organization where things were rolled out already and you know in terms of making it more advantageous for them to be able to connect through you know the telephony and and all the content materials that they have all bit through SharePoint Teams Viva uh, you know the Viva connections for example for the uh, employee uh, intranets sort of things so. That's been that's been good from that front. But for any organisations who's trying to get into it, or at least to try and manage that adoption journeys, with everything that's going on, I think parts of it that's been really challenging itself because not knowing where they're actually heading towards, and you know, with the whole idea of employee experiences sort of things, because you know, pretty much everyone's been affected in some ways, right? You know, there is different kinds of stress in in your day to day or Week by week, types of work. So from that, I think it's just kind of you know kind of being and protect, protecting the focus around what they do uh, that makes it work for them. Some organ- some people they just tend to leave right because they either find that technology burden is so much that hampers them to do the work that they want to do. So you know mixed uh, kind of a mixed bag on that. So I wouldn't I mean. You know, from an adoption point of view, I would probably stick to the the similar methodology around. You know, what is that you have? Why are you using it? And then being able to target various points of uh, adoptions around that, whether that's kind of crash courses or, or you know, kind of exciting. You know, with what's coming around, uh, especially with some of the updates we had uh, last week from, say, uh, you know, the Microsoft Viva, uh, some of the things that might come into next year. So again, preparing them. You're gonna get a surprised again next year, so <laughs> that's <a> difficult <laughs> thing to do to
0: embed yeah. that kind of uh, mentality. Yeah. Now, how do you um, how do you see the migration? Uh, let's say demand. Are we already past the peak of the migration? Uh, you're based in UK, right? So uh, you, your ba- UK is a huge market area, and I would say it's it's. I wouldn't say that it's uh, it, it's not in the head of the adaption curve, so waste, but it's following up a bit later, um, mm. uh, comparing the Netherlands or, or Scandinavia, because those are typically the ones which are adapting faster. But how do you see the demand for migration? So is there, is there still growing demand on the migration side, or are we already past the peak, um, and then the rest is a follow, or where are we with, within the UK?
2: Yeah, I, I think, look, the demand is there, right? I think if you look at from industry sectors, I mean, it's in a public sector, obviously they kind of really jumped on a lot of these, uh, the programs on N365. But then there are some specific organizations who are still on, on-prem. Um, I mean, I think one of the last on-prem works that I did was back in, I think, 2016, 2017 time. Uh, mm-hmm. Since then, I've not even had the opportunity to, to look at it because either they've got double installations on-prem and the cloud to yep. separate their, their data for some of the, the reasons that they have to keep things uh, away. Uh, but at the same time, then you're getting hampered by the the, the innovations, right? But now what I'm finding, uh, certainly, uh, and just from my own experience because of the divestments, is that you got organizations now being, either been merged or been split out because a lot of these organizations are, Struggling in a ways because you know of the of the times that we're in. So with that comes the opportunities to not just work with your m 65 but also you're splitting that tenant now to yep. to serve you know the, those business objectives around selling the arm of that company, right? So I think in that sense, those migrations are still there as opposed to the traditional on-prem to uh, to the cloud. So you you kind of if you like, having those more opportunities for migrations within the cloud itself. Um, So yeah, definitely.
0: So ten tenant to 10 on migration and splits and all of that. But now, Shirak. Um, also, one thing what we wanted to talk about is is the fact that you've been an independent consultant now for uh, eight years, unless I'm completely mistaken. Reading on the CV. See, we're doing yeah. research behind the scenes uh, so. <laughs> as we go on the fly. Very good. <laughs> <Yes>. very good. <laughs> Our research team did a research. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And we heard some good talk about you. no. Um, we did, but anyway, so no. <laughs> how do you what the, the considerations of going independent? because I know there's of course there's there's a lot of consultants who have a similar background as you do doing consulting in Avenade or Accenture or smaller and larger customers. and there's always advantages in a larger ones and smaller ones. but then you made the decision of going independent. Um, you probably did true. Went through some, let's say, am I ready for it? Am I? What are the readiness? What would be the things to consider uh, when when you want to go independent?
2: Yeah, and look, uh, uh, you know, great. As in, you know, in a sense that you know, because th- there is a lot of opportunities out there. I think what sometimes lacks is, I think that self confidence because naturally, as as humans, we want to, you know, we have that bit of fear, right? You know, will I be able to do this? You know, will I be able to face the customer? Uh, will I be able to? Even run a meeting, so all those questions will either through, come about through their gut instincts. Uh, what I would say for me, the path was, and I would still say it's still easy for anybody because now you have the ability for anyone who's able to take on a lot of the work that goes on. Um, for sure, you know, for example technical aspects of it is, is what you've got to be good at in terms of what you got to do because I think the soft skills around the consultancy, you know whether that's writing proposals, designs, talking to customer, engaging, and all those things that can come a bit after. But if you know as an individual that you're good at what you do and you've got, got that experience to back you up, uh, working through either many organizations or in my case, very few, but even though in one organization, I did quite a lot. So once you've got that technical experience, then you know that even through your own experiences, you probably have had meetings, you've fully written documentations. But then it's kind of almost unfolding that to bring that into a more formal way in that consultancy world. Um, and, you know, you probably know. You know, in in a consultancy, you know, we would like to do things in a certain way. Make sure there's checklists. There is, you know, there's there's expectations to be managed if you plan something. So those things will not come natural, but they can definitely be learned on the job, of course. But if you're part of a consultancy, uh, and there are a lot of consultancies who are taking on, uh, you know, a lot of folks if they know somebody who's really good, um, you know, either with SharePoint or Teams. Um, so you know, if you're doing that already, and if you got your blog people will really see that, that, you know, you're really valuing uh, as a technical uh, individual. And I think the opportunity is definitely there. I went on because I wanted to do things my way. Um, I follow a lot of consultants, even, you know, Valdeck yourself, because I know you are like a, what, blogging machine, <laughs> with, you know, <laughs> <shape> <laughs> <framework>, for example. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you've been around, you know, for a long, long time. Uh, it doesn't matter whether you work for large or small consultancies, but you work with alongside another consultants. And I did that for two years. Uh, And so you pick up how this is to be done. So you've got to have that passion again, even as a consultant and not just uh, a technical passion, because ultimately for me, it's about solving the business problems and also educate uh, the customers so that they can make use of their tech even more. And that's pretty much what drives me.
0: Are there any kind of a main, let's say, challenges uh, which you've run into? You, you, you've you, understood the situation correctly. You've been kind of in this lucky situation where you have a few customers who really want your demand, so you don't have to worry or or search for customers. Is that the case or or any, any other challenges what you've been having into as being an independent?
2: Yeah, I would probably say in the beginning, uh, because especially, you know, with, with the challenges would be that you want to make sure you get paid, right? So, you know, unlike when you're a permanent employee, then, you know, you've got a set salary that's going to come with your performance. With consultancy in the beginning, that really hits you hard because you almost have to predict what you're going to be worth after a year, yep. after two years, right? And, yes, you can do a lot of marketing either through, you know, um, various ways of either speaking engagements, getting your name out, Um once you kind of get over a few contracts, which is you know tends to be three months, six months, or what have you, then you got that enough to to grow the confidence to be able to seek out a lot of work and you know much of my work as as independent comes through as the various Microsoft partners um both through consulting and training uh, as well uh, and the other parts is is more about tapping into that industry that you're already working with so you know, uh, renewable energy is what I've been doing for the five years. So I've had a couple of clients who've actually approached me just on the on the grounds of the work that I've done. So you know, LinkedIn, Twitter, they all work. Uh, you know, you know, people may say, you know, Twitter is almost dead, what have you? Take it or leave it, right? But it does work. <laughs> yep. Right. Uh, right. Right. Well. Yep. yep. <laughs>
1: <That's>, I, I... <laughs> <laughs> I won. Um, and one thing that we didn't talk about yet, and I guess that there's, we have roughly time left for, for that. Um, you're also among many things. You are. You are also an MVP. How did you like? What was your journey towards becoming an MVP, and how becoming an MVP changed or didn't change the way you work, your network, your knowledge, your customer work?
2: Yeah, listen, I, I, frankly, I never wanted to be an MVP, right? I never even applied for it before. Uh, I kind of in, enjoyed what I wanted, what I was doing, few speaking engagements, and obviously, I think, um, and I'm, I'll be to Chris Hall and, uh, you know, in terms of kind of pushing me towards that to say, look, do you know, do it, do it, you know, for, for various benefits that there are. Um so kind of what for three years now, uh, you know, even before the user group started. But because I'm I mean my main Contributions, I would probably say, is around speaking at various community events, and that's what I do. Still love it. That's how I get to share all these things, just like many speakers we have. Um, but yeah, there is no secret recipe, of course, you know, because it's it's Microsoft, and I guess the uh, the the supporters or endorsers who will uh, who will actually nominate. But once I got the few endorsements, the likes of Patrick and and Addis and and uh, Paul Hunt and others, I kind of thought, okay, well, maybe I should just go for it, but not. For the purposes of having the badge, but more about to understand what goes inside Microsoft, uh, and more importantly, what is it that I can actually contribute towards that, you know, through all the you know product uh, you know, improvements and all the other areas, but also being able to work with and get to know more MVPs as well, you know, in terms of how this world of MVP family <laughs> kind of really works. So for me, it's it's been valuable because, uh, you know, for example. You know, we got an event coming up on the 12th of November, you know, our Viva Explorers Community Day. So it's all things Microsoft Viva. Now, that event probably wouldn't have happened Mm -hmm. in a way that if I was not MVP, then I would not have to, I would have not been in a position to work with other MVPs to, Mm -hmm. you know, bring all this into fruition. So definitely, yeah, absolutely, It, it helps. But you know what, it's also hard work because I think the expectation also builds up. Um, because there is that element of saying, you know, you want to try and keep up as much as you can. Uh, the big world of NDA is a, it's a very soft one because you have to be very careful what you don't share. And sometimes the thoughts trigger and they say, okay, now yep. hold on. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it and mistakes happen.
0: It's okay. So it's five. So <laughs> <laughs> not in your case necessarily, but things, yeah, it's okay. It's okay.
2: So, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think I would say so for anybody who's who's out there, you don't have to be a consultant or even like long time in in the industry to be an MVP. If you have, you know, the the good, valuable content that you, you kind of do what you love, then I think, you know, time will come, you know. We now live in a world where there's more MVPs, so people recognize uh, a lot of the opportunities. So uh, I've had the pleasure to even nominate uh, you know Zoe Wilson uh, for what the work she's been doing for many years. So she got MVP uh, for now two years, and then obviously recently um, uh, uh, Leon as well, who's working with SharePoint yep. Syntax. you know. And so th- yeah, uh, people will recognize what you do, and we all meet up in some community events as well. So. These days, yeah, it's, it's what's not to love. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Related on that one, just a, a, a kind of a final question. So you you did mention that you enjoy speaking, uh, you meet people, um, you network in those events and everything else. And do those events and speaking engagements, like the user groups and everything, do they actually generate business as well? You kind of touched to that, but just trying to elaborate that a bit. Is is it worthwhile or is it just for fun? Or is it
1: just in, for- fun? In other words, exactly, like what is the- value of doing all that extra curricular work for your
2: business yeah look i think for me it's there's two things right firstly it's more about you know a form of training so for me as a consultant uh, even though i attend some of the formal trainings but a lot of that comes through this community speaking engagement attending a few sessions, uh, and also being able to talk to other folks in there to just to understand where we are on the landscape and really kind of preparing those questions, right? To be able to ask those because nothing worse than asking random questions and not really getting what the answers you seek out for. So for me, that's the key part. And that's pretty much what I do a lot of these events, um, both online as well as the uh, the, the in-person ones. But the second part is is the learning uh, because I learn because I know if others are successful and they've got their own experiences uh, on that. Um, business-wise, I, I, I've, never, I've never sponsored. I mean, I'm just a one-man band, right? But I could, if I wanted to put out my Patel Consulting stand out there or sponsor, and and I never get involved in those parts Uh you know, and different people will have different choices. I know there are some MVPs out there who constantly bang on about their company brand and on everything, and I won't name them. But that's just like, you know, for me, I don't like to mix the two, you know, community stays where it is, and that's what I enjoy, and that's what I get that. But as soon as that gets diluted by bringing the commercial bits in there, for me, that's like no different to any other organization out there who will just promote their company benefits uh, on the back of the community, right? So for me, I, 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 yeah, no, no. So for me, generating business will come from people doing my work, you know, so LinkedIn, like you mentioned, Vasa there, you know, I tend to seek recommendations. um, That is my source of the testimonials from the customers. So you'll probably see, you know, for even for the for the viewers here, you know, to just go and seek out and don't get paid for writing those testimonials. You know, it is what it is, how they've said it. So yeah, but if I wanted to grow a business, then I would probably employ a marketing team and the sales director, right? <laughs> and,
1: and the first they thing it. they would tell you is to go promote your business in the community. And you say no. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think that's exactly. yeah. Yeah. now
0: so, now. Just out of curiosity, that's a final final question because you said something really interesting. There Third one. Well. Third final question. Third final question. <laughs> um, you said if you would like to grow your business, you would do certain things. Um, being an independent consultant, being an independent um, uh, for a while now, you basically made a knowingly decision that you want to be by yourself and independent and not grow a business. Um, why is that? Well, what's the thinking behind of that? Because for a younger younger audience who might be listening, that might be like, why would you? But, so, yeah, elaborate absolutely. on that. Why
2: be... do not want to be rich? Right? It's yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: Look, well, think, define rich, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Elon Musk well,
0: rich, of course.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, no. Look, you know, fair, fair questions. These are all you know valid ones, right? Because uh, I've had the um, uh, there's a couple of things uh, around that which. Kind of, I've seen somebody who, who's, you know, who was just a, a solution architect, who, just like myself, you know, on, on his own, uh, went on to kind of grow the business uh, and, you know, got in few people and marketing and everything else. Uh, and only five years later, you know, that person being totally burnt out, uh, sold the company and just goes and does something different. So for me, I guess there's that bit of fear that if I grow my business. I'll get involved more in the business management sort of things. And I'll be honest, I'm not that because I'm a technical person. Uh, Yeah, for sure. There's some business stuff I can do around that, but that's okay. But that's where I want to be. So technical over that business. Secondly is um, it's something I kind of practice around and I use the, the acronym. I'm, I'm, I'm all up for acronyms, right? As,
0: as we are the tech. We, Microsoft
2: <laughs> people, we love that. So, you know. <laughs> so, for me, <laughs> <acronyms>. <laughs> so, for me, it's taking that good form, you know. Uh, and form, I spell that as, you know, family, uh, occupation, uh, recreation. So, that's all my all the community activities and charitable that I do. Uh, and M is the money. Money is only as good as if it's going to satisfy with what you want, right? So, uh, yeah, I love my cricket. I love traveling uh, and I love all the things that I do. So for me, it's that form that comes all in one place. And for me, it's to maintain that. So, yeah, money is important to pay the bills, everything else. But I know I've got the work, which is a big part of it anyway that I do. So for me, that's what keeps me going uh, and being able to kind of satisfy on that if I wanted to work for a larger company, I could do that because I might not stay independent forever because at some point, you know, you you want to kind of be around with people. So I could probably go with a larger company or whatever. So, yeah, uh, maybe not for everyone, but for me, that's, that's the formula that really works. So uh, and that's what really keeps me going every time, taking selfies with people and, you know, community events and, and all these things, because people are, you know, people are, and the key, right, to be around. Yep. yep.
0: People are people are for sure the the well the best part of the this business as well. And it's all about people business. It's just all about that's what consulting and IT is all about making Absolutely. features and capabilities for people who then use them and helping them to succeed. Really, really cool. But thank you, Chirac. a Really, really cool discussion. Good to have you in the show. Um, any any anything thank interesting you. happening this week? And let's do a quick round of a weekly. Anything on your mind, uh, getting prepared on something uh, or something interesting?
2: Yeah, yeah, well, I think Microsoft Viva is is a hot topic right now, uh, amongst other things. Uh, And certainly I think, you know, from last Thursday, uh, we we heard about some of the, the announcements and updates um, a massive amount of blog posts, like <laughs> yeah, well, that. it uh, is, <laughs> it is, and and I think you know, in terms of again, for different organizations, they might not want to take all of that, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, look, I think for me, it's, it's some of the key events that's coming up, so uh, which I hope to share a lot of that because I've got some pilots trials going on with some of the organizations on on Viva topics uh, as well as uh, the Viva Insights. So, um, you know. Collab Days uh, in UK coming up on the fifth of October. So I'm doing a Viva Essentials there, and then I'll go South Coast Summit in Southampton. So again, me, Zoe, Kevin uh, are doing a Viva workshop on, on on that one of the days, and then we got a session as well uh, around uh, all things Viva. Viva, Viva, everything, right? Um, (laughs) So, you know, with that, we got that 12th of November, Viva Explorers Community Day, and then you got the European SharePoint uh, Conference in uh, Copenhagen as well. So again, two two sessions we got there as well. So it's kind of, and and the reason why this is ended up in this way, uh, because I think there's a huge, huge uh, influx of info coming, right, for organizations. I still get people asking, what is this Viva thing, right? And... And believe me or not, it is like, you know, why do I use it if I've got my own calendar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes make perfect sense. Where they are, I can just get to it, right? You know? So, yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, what's the space But yeah. uh, Absolutely. So, um, and then, yeah, Teams as well. So, I'm looking forward to Ignite to see what's going to get announced there as well. So yep. So, uh, in two weeks, I'll be in, I'll be in Manchester as well for them.
0: Just around the corner. That that is that is a good uh, donkey bridge, Waldeck, To you, you've been helping with some of the Ignite announcements, actually, and and the demos there, right?
1: Yes, exactly. A little, and I mean they are not my two unveil. So we will we, no, will we keep exactly in, at that. In here, so. <laughs> but thank you for helping thing, with like, some of that stuff. So absolutely, reliable. absolutely. And then another thing, like you mentioned, you know the announcements, gajillions of blog posts. I missed all of them last week i lived literally under a rock so at microsoft last week we had hackathon week and i managed to minimize the number of meetings and hours and emails and everything and just basically spent like solid chunk of week yeah. working on on code so together with um few other folks we've built something new and exciting right now it's an internal tool that we hope to have the room to pitch, and we really hope that we will be we'll be able to share it with everybody else because the few folks we've with whom we had the ability to share it, like they were like, "When is it out?" And It's like, "Hold on a moment." Not yet, but like <laughs> your feedback helps us to drive that uh, internally. So, yeah, I'm still pumped from the last week being able to like we would start the week with an idea on paper and end the week with a prototype that that works, right? And that already solves problems uh people have. So it's a really exciting way to, you know, also like building code at Microsoft is not my job day to day, right? Yes, I build code, but it's samples. Whereas this is a new product, right? So it would be a really exciting thing to well see it out there and see like how can we bring it to um to fruition to actually become a thing that that we ship to everybody else. So these will be you know the kind of going back from that week of building something to now trying to formulate it and bring it to, (laughs) to a pitch and then, get back to reality,
0: you know, and get back to work. Yeah. <laughs> super cool. <laughs> so the story goes that one of the big features and products in Power Platform is actually originally a hackathon project. So the hackathon projects are actually a super cool way in Microsoft where people can mm-hmm. test out things and then potentially get a funding for it. So it's it's a really cool thing for sure. So, really good mechanism. Cannot go to too much detail on which one and where because then uh, anyway that's a separate discussion. Uh, for me, uh, for quickly for the next uh, this week, uh, last week I was in a power power platform conference in Orlando. Uh, good good way of catching up with people. Uh, we'll see you, Shirak on for sure in Copenhagen, uh, which is a great way, great time to catch up. But this one was mainly northern. American people and of course some Europeans yeah. and a lot of MVPs and it was a great, it, obviously it was a platform. So me within my role, uh, it's more where visitors and guests, uh, they're not taking the the bigger stage except helping Jeff Deeper, on Jeff Deeper in a keynote. But being traveling, uh, it means that there's a pile of messages and things to catch up. It's just a, we'll, we'll get this sorted out. So Mark is red. Mark all the thread uh, that does If there's matter. anything
1: urgent you will hear you
0: will hear about it. you, you were in <laughs> one of the email threads last week and you, re- you probably realized that you cannot just mark everything no. else <laughs> It works in theory. It works in theory, but then I have a bad habit of being the the what is it switchboard on a lot of the things. Uh, so it's just making sure that things are actually moving forward, yeah. and, and it's Well, fine. you're good it's, at it,
2: right? You've been doing it for you. many years.
0: <laughs> sure, sure, that is true. That's true for sure. But anyway, thank you, Shirak. Thank you for joining us. Really cool discussion. Uh, really cool to catch up, and and all the best uh, for the business as well. Um, we'll see you in Copenhagen. Next time. That's great.
2: Thank you, Vesa. Thank you, Valdek. Really appreciate it, and, and you know, enjoy your hard work that you put in over the years and even now. So yeah, keep it going, and uh, yeah, see you soon. Thanks, Jarak. Thank you.
0: Bye. Excellent. Thank you, Jarak. One more time. Uh, really, really cool to catch up as well. Uh, we'll get you back from the show for sure, uh, sooner or later. Uh, okay. We will probably keep on doing this for a while still, right, Valdek? It's a promise. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> As long as we have something to talk about, we'll... No, just kidding. (laughs) It's been 84 years. (laughs) Cool. Uh, Should we jump on the articles? We should. Let's do that. Okay, so let's let's let me share my screen. Now let's start a, with a Microsoft 365 update. Then we'll do some Power Platform, and then we go with Viva. So and then community articles. A so lot of lot of articles this week uh, from Microsoft. Uh, there was a lot of announcements. Um, so two main topics: uh, one around the Microsoft Viva, and the second part is around the Power Platform announcements, which are really really cool. Uh, so first of all, uh, this is uh, an article from Seth Patton uh, around the bigger. Thinking around the Viva, Microsoft Viva announcements or so new features, I'm kind of calling out the Viva uh, the updates on the Viva Goals, updates on the Viva Pulse, which is a new application. Uh, so we're adding new functionalities and Viva modules in. Uh, we're including. New capabilities in Viva Engage. We introduced a new Viva Amplify, which is a new application as well. So we're running out of this. Just new Viva, Viva, Viva modules um, being in here and there. A lot of, lot of interesting capabilities. Um, also improvements in Viva Learn. Also improvements in Viva Topics. And improvements in Viva Connection as well. But this is the main article, which is referencing then all of the other articles, uh, which we'll quickly scan through later today. Now, because I open up these and you didn't see them, uh, let me actually cover at least this one. So uh, Charles Lamanna uh, is the CVP uh, on the Power Platform side. He was in the Power Platform conference in Orlando last week as well, had his keynote, where a lot of these capabilities were actually covered, and really uh, focused on uh, on new features. So. Last Tuesday uh, in the Power Platform Conference, there was close to 4,000 people attending live in Orlando, which is really cool. And they announced new features uh, like uh, Power Upskilling skilling programs. So making sure that people can find a new careers and helping people to transition to, to a new opportunities, new career opportunities. A lot of new features like cards for Power Apps. And these are basically low-code cards which End users or the Power users can actually create and design, and then surface them inside of the inside of the individual services with the Microsoft SD5. So really, really cool stuff as well. Co-authoring in Power Apps, um, enhanced SAP integration, which is really, really cool as well for the Power Automation and Power Platform in general. Integrated virtual agents, Power Apps improvements there as well, and a lot of lot of stuff and and cool things which were getting announced. Pretty cool. Now, I open up a few of these. So, Power Apps brings uh, this is from Ryan Cunningham, uh, related on uh, the three main announcements on Power Apps. So, Cards for Power Apps, which is really cool, co authoring uh, maker matching. Uh, we're not going to deep dive on all of these things, but it's actually really cool that now we have a designer in the Power Apps for this card. So, adaptive cards driven experiences. And of course, there's already a discussion that, for example, can we integrate this? Together with Viva Connection cards and all of that, so there would be further synergies between the between the products. Not yet, but in talks internally, and a lot of a lot of other cool things as well. So as I said, let's not deep dive all of them because we have so many announcements um, today to cover true. Um, and then uh, related on SAP integration, and uh, there was a separate uh, product update article. Um, which is basically there's a, a pre-built power apps for common SAP processes. Uh, SAP is one of the most widely adapted and used. What is it? Business application, business? Connectors, e- e- what, ERP, like ERP, right? ERP. Like, yeah, enterprise. Yeah. What, what's, what's ERP in, in? Resource planning, ERP. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But a lot of automation, a <laughs> lot, of, lot of connections. <laughs> a- add, tla add, a three whatever. letter acronym. Yes, <laughs> SAP. <laughs> But a lot of additional integrations to natively within SAP with connectors and everything else, and that's actually really cool. So the, the Microsoft has worked uh, closely together with SAP to get all of these capabilities in place. So awesome stuff uh, to make the integration scenarios even better. Now we also had an interesting announcement. This is something which is based on an internally used tooling in Microsoft. Exactly. So
1: there is new module.
0: Even- Viva, which
1: is all about people, right? So it it helps you navigate through the org chart of your company and basically find who is who and where they are in the org and what they do, but there's actually more, right? So in here, you also have the ability to integrate it with topics, right? So you can find people more easily who work on specific thing or who have specific skills. So with that, basically helping you to do, you know, like bridge the... Gaps in a way, or
0: find people who you need in your org? Yeah. Yeah. We've been having this kind of a similar kind of tool internally in Microsoft for a while, which I use on a database because you always want to check out, hey, where is this person and relates on all of the things. So, and it's great to see that this is natively coming out now, part of the, the Microsoft V1. Uh, yeah. Then we had a update related on Microsoft Viva Engage. Uh, there's a nice video which is actually getting embedded in many, many, many <laughs> of these blog posts. Um, but Michael Holst is, is basically covering uh, the greatest improvements in the Viva Engage, uh, which has it in origins or behavior from the Yammer side, but now it's getting more natively integrated directly in the Microsoft Teams as well. So really, really cool. Um, we I've seen people internally using uh, V1Cage more and more uh, for blog posts and announcements and all of that stuff, kind of a personal messaging and all of that, so which is really, really cool as well. So awesome improvement. Then they will say updates for the Microsoft Viva Connection and daily briefing. Email. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, and that's
1: another example of a feature that we had internally for a while, basically doing a dog food, right? So using the products that we would ship eventually at some point in order to improve it. Right. But it's a great way for you to basically stay on top of the work around you. And it gives you a number of different tips around the meetings you have planned, interactions you had with others, and so forth and so on. So it's really meant as Bring into your fingertips the things that are relevant to you for this day, based on upcoming meetings, past tasks, whether you want to book time for focus on learning, or catching up with your email if you have, if you've been on a trip and you happen to come back to a non-empty inbox. Yep, like some of us. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yes. So basically trying to help you, like in a way, being your personal assistant of sorts,
0: that's really cool, on the, on the absolutely, on the email side. And then the big so, yes. big one uh, here is the Viva Home. Exactly. So
1: in the past, when we talked about Viva Connections, it was an experience you would need to stand up and basically give it a shape, like fill it with cards, do your own work, to basically tailor it to your needs. With Viva Home, we bring Viva kind of step forward where we offer you a turnkey experience to Viva. Right to all the news and cards and apps, and from that you can extend it. Right, so you don't need to set the first app; it's on by default. I guess is that the is that the thing? Yeah. yeah, and then you can you can tailor it to your needs.
0: Yes, exactly, exactly, and, and and of course the dashboard here is this the similar kind of dashboard as we have already in Viva Connection, and so you can build SPFx components for it, which are then being exposed uh, or connected to APIs and all of that. So a lot of, lot of interesting opportunities there for our partners. Now, one thing what I want call to call out, because I got questions on it already in Twitter and, and a few other channels is that, this, there will be configuration options. So those customers who already adapted the Vivo connection as it is currently, they can choose, will they keep on having that as an option together with this or will they want to have this and then, when you click that link over there, you will be redirected to portal. And so, there will be options in a tenant level for addressing what is the chosen path. Uh, we understand that depending on a customer size is it a small, mid size large enterprise customer? They have different needs and different requests um, on how things should be evolving. And therefore, we want to have those options available. Exactly. So. Good. Uh, then we had an uh, updates around uh, the answers or announcing uh, answers in Microsoft Viva, and this kind of relates on the topics experiences. So on top of the the bringing centralized information in the context of multiple applications, so having questions and and surfacing them in the right location, um, and organizing questions and solution. Uh, connecting to existing knowledge and experiences. So basically, surfacing the questions um, in the existing capabilities as well, but then surfacing them as topics, for example, for a specific topics in the Viva topic. Does that make sense? Kind of, it does. Yes, it's, it's everything all getting more and more is, connected. is a topic and everything is a question, yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Now, uh, on the Viva topic, uh, there was also a lot of new announcements and, and capabilities and features available.
1: Exactly. So this this article, I think, builds on top of the other one yeah. about answers and engaging and how you tie that to people, right? Because at the end, the end of the day, a lot of or a a big aspect of the knowledge are the experts you have, right? So trying to or being able to find them, who they are, where they are, like a big aspect of that is to be able to open somebody's person card and be able to see the topics in which they're experts directly on their card. So among their, you know, about info, they are in your org, what files they work on and so forth and so on. Also having these topics of which they are experts having in there directly, tying them again to topics, you know, and building like that, the kind of knowledge
0: network in your org very cool! Awesome to see this one as well. So a lot of, lot of new features and capabilities, which are getting all of the products are getting more and more integrated between each other. So it's just awesome. Now we also had a new article from Mark Cashman uh, from 15th of September, uh, because we recorded on 15th, we haven't actually covered this. But this is a great, actually uh, a podcast uh, with uh, a Kerry and Jay um, and talking about the experiences of of implementing our Microsoft HR web on top of the SharePoint. So the learnings around that one, there's a a full article in a separate blog related on that one. Microsoft have more than 160,000 employees well, vendors and full-time. It really depends on, I can't remember what's the right number and and, uh, worldwide, but still all of those typically need to get access on HR information and how we built that, how does it actually work and the learnings on it. So really, really cool uh, portal story as well. Then we had some news on the uh, really cool new features on the Microsoft Teams.
1: Exactly. I mean, we don't need to go deep dive on them, so let's do a quick skimming, right? So first one is, you have the ability to share information to Teams from a personal app or tab, right? So you can think of it like imagine you've built a web app, right, and you expose it as a Teams tab. In that app. Right, you have the ability to share a card, a piece of info, a video, whatever you have in there, share it to Teams and that allows you to pop up a dialogue, which you don't need to build by yourself. So it's an embeddable experience in your app that allows you to really easily share the content from your app into Teams without having to copy paste links because that is so 2021, I guess. <laughs> so old school 2021 so yes exactly exactly so that is number one yep. there are other features too right this
0: one is really cool as well
1: so yeah exactly like one thing that we have the ability to do now is to record a meeting and, and after that you will get a transcript Right. And the cool thing is is that now that there's an API that allows you to retrieve handscript after the meeting for analysis. So you can do all kinds of cool stuff like who's talking for how much and maybe give presenter tips or Tips that will help everybody during the meeting have a voice or yep. sentiment analysis or yep. whatever kind of analysis you can imagine on r- what has been said during a meeting. Right. So this is a really cool API that is also
0: now uh, now available to developers in in Teams. Really, really cool stuff. And then we had the third one. Uh, You want to talk about this one as well? This is, oh, there there we go. Exactly. So, this is just a simple thing where, yeah, exactly. So, from your app, you are now
1: able to control audio in Teams, right? So, you can mute, unmute, and do all that from your app. So, again, something that many folks have been asking for for a long time. It's available now in Teams too. Really, really cool, awesome stuff.
0: Now, a few community articles. So uh, Rodrigo Pinto had a nice article related on managed identities and BMP PowerShell. So really walking through uh, what is it, why would I care, how does it actually work, and and how would I actually use it? So really good uh, scenarios on that. Thank you, Rodrigo, uh, on that one. Awesome stuff, good to see that. The batches here are available as well. By the way, if you are contributing on our community channels, you are able to get batches from Credly, which is really, really cool. Thank you, uh, Rodrigo, on showcasing that as well. Then we had an article from Lorian Strent. About where in the world is my Teams conversation, right? and
1: the point being here is that if people from different tenants, different companies, different orgs, discuss together on Teams, where does that discussion live like on which tenant is it is it a, is it a chat is it a group you like wow do you need to be signed in to tenant a to be able to talk to tenant b so all the caveats around that and yep. uh, this article goes through them through the different scenarios and different cases and caveats and things to take into account so really interesting for and I think that like this is especially applicable if you are a partner or consultant and
0: you work with other orgs, yep. right? Like Liberal that is tenants. really
1: yep. uh, a typical case, yeah.
0: Yep, and these are actually really interesting. Person A in tenant D as a guest and person B in the tenant D as a guest. Where where does the discussion go? Where Where is it actually? It's in the cloud. It's tenant. Yeah, it's in the cloud. It's in tenant C. Yeah, it might be, that's true. Now, uh, really <laughs> good, good as well. So, AC and Connell from Voitanos had a blog post related on register SPFX list form customizers with a SharePoint REST API. So, it talks about one option of registering SPFX list form customizers and how that can be done. He has developed also a nice small application to make that happen. So, you can actually more efficiently and easily associate a custom form uh, to a list. Um, that's something what you would be doing in a content type object level uh, for updating that entries and the properties in, in right place. But thank you, AZ, on on spending time on explaining that. Then we had something from Peter Vinstra. Exactly. So in Power Automate, how would you update an item
1: in an array in one step? So if you have this case, this is um NuGet a snack size post that gives you exactly the answer to that one scenario.
0: Check it out. Yep. Yeah, really cool. Thank you, Peter. On that one, uh, Ike Bass had a really cool blog post on building seamless automations to boost productivity with Microsoft Graph, Azure Event Hubs, and Functions. And and I guess the picture is, is probably this is where they explain this, uh, which is basically as we are having new operations happening uh, in the Microsoft Graph, we can then uh, place entries in the uh, Event Hub and then eventually surfacing them in the Microsoft Teams. So basically, a synchronous way of feeding messages in the Microsoft uh, Teams so that people get notifications on that side. So really, really cool stuff uh, on that one. Thank you, icon uh, on explaining the process and model and all of the details. Uh, Paolo Pialorzi had a new blog post, a video. Just exactly. A blog post. So it's a video. Then, this time, it's a blog video. Blog. video, no.
1: A video. Um, yeah. In this video, he talks about how can you customize forms with SPFx and the dynamic form control from the PnP React controls family, right? So it's really interesting case. Like, do you need to build the form by yourself manually, or how can you use some of the tools that are available to you and do it in a different way? Maybe that is, you know, more efficient. Maybe that allows you to focus more on building the form as opposed to plumbing and handling all of the the events, the logic, enabling fields, um, showing them, hiding them, and so forth and so on. So this is an interesting uh, scenario that, or a use case, right, that you should check out if you're looking into extending list forms, because yep, that absolutely. might turn up to
0: be you know the, the way you, will, you would build the next one. Huge six-minute video on on explaining how that can be done now. and Then the last video is from Shane Young uh, from the Power Apps 911. Uh, We talked about actually, we had a good chat uh, with Shane in the Power Platform Conference. They had the expo there and I had a chance to drop by, and we've known since like 20. 2020, 10 or something like that, um, because of the his historic uh, helping. He's been working with Microsoft for many, many years as well, so helping on things. But his latest blog post, uh, video, live, right? Not blog post. Yes, yeah.
1: a blog, blog video, <laughs> a video.
0: <laughs> Uh, is five power apps best practices for early makers? So, uh, talking about those different options and the recommendations, which are then covered in here. Uh, so, for example, Haven't we talked about it the last time, trial? though. I think it we 20. have, but it's actually so good that we thought we will talk about uh, it. That's twice. true. Actually, we might have actually talked about it because it was already <laughs> in September 13th. You are 100% correct, but really good uh, clarifying things. And he didn't have a new video uh, since the last recording because he's been in the Power Platform conference as well. So anyway, I guess that's it for now for the articles and videos for this week. So a lot of Microsoft uh, announcements related on Diva. Uh, the Ignite is coming, so there's going to be another and there's a round of a new announcement across the board, uh, which is interesting. A lot of stuff to follow up on, on making sure that you're up to date on what's happening. We already went through what's going to happen this week. I guess that's it, Waldeck. That's it, that's it. Well, that's it. it. we not talked more talk than about enough about already. It.
1: Yes, talk we talked more than enough already. You need to get back to your inbox and I need to get back to
0: work. <laughs> yes, <laughs> indeed. Excellent. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, you can use the video or the podcast option. Please do hashtag BNP Weekly uh, in Twitter so we know all of the cool stuff what you are writing about or doing a videos about. It helps on, on surveying them for others in the community. But other than that, thanks. Oh, yeah. Maybe there's the, there is one more thing we haven't talked about.
1: We are closing on October. And the one thing that there's October is the Hacktoberfest. So many repos under the PNP umbrella will be taking part in Hacktoberfest 2022. You can check out probably each owner of each repo will do their own announcements and amplifying the message and how you can help the the best way. But that's a really, it's a really, Interesting, a cool way for everybody. Like, if you waited for a perfect chance to, you know, set the first step towards uh, doing work in open source, this is it. This is the yep. time because, like, at least if I can speak for ourselves and our team in CLI for m M65, we have a bunch of new issues. We are ready with spec. They are simple. They are ready to start. The whole team is available to help you get started, submit PRs, and then you will get. A cool thing, you will be able to show everybody that you've done cool work. You help the community driving products that are being used by many, many folks. You will get either a t shirt or a tree in your name, and it will be just, you know, a next great step in your career. Like Absolutely. like you will now be a part of the open source world. So this is a really great time for everybody to start if you haven't done it already.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for the promo on that one, Waldeck. But that sums it uh, for this week. Thanks to you, everybody, for watching and listening. We'll be back within a week. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye.